Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Imagine you got up in the morning and you had to decide how you were going to brush your teeth. You had to then decide how you were going to walk to the kitchen and how you were going to make your breakfast and everything, every decision you had to make, you had to think about you'd be fatigued, you'd, you'd be exhausted before you got to work. And we do these things on autopilot and that helps us then make the bigger decisions. And that's something here with Dr. Mark Hassard talks about, which is avoiding decision fatigue. We want to put our effort and time, um, our brain power into deciding the things that really matter. Like how are we going to take that tooth out properly? How are we going to avoid a complication? And that's what really makes our day smoother and it makes our life easier for both us, our assistants, and of course, for our patients. You would know Dr. Mark Hassard from our first podcast on Dental Head Start. We did a whole interview with him there and he's someone who's a thought leader on communication, treatment planning, case acceptance, and efficiency. If you want to learn any of these things, check out their website. You can find it on cpdjunkie.com.au or you can find it at therelaxeddentist.com. Mark has put together a couple of online courses as well, so you don't even have to leave your house, especially in this time where we're all mostly locked down. Now, I'm not going to go into detail now, but you're going to hear a lot more about how Dental Head Start is going to be evolving over the next couple of months. There are many reasons for this, and much of this is personal uh, for me, and you will hear more about that as well. I'm really I'm excited to see it take that next step. Um, check out our social media on both Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date. Now, these concepts of avoiding decision fatigue, they're not new. And we start this podcast with Dr. Hassard talking about a book that's inspired this discussion. One of my favourite books of all time is a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, who won the Nobel Prize for his research in psychology. And he talks about something called decision fatigue. And that is every time we make a decision, our brain becomes more fatigued. It's sort of like exercising for the body, you know, having to make a decision for the brain. So every time we do it, our brain becomes more and more fatigued. And if we have to make a lot of decisions during the day, eventually our brain gets so fatigued that we drop into this sort of secondary decision-making mode where we either stop making decisions entirely or we start making rash decisions. And neither of those situations are very good for dentists. So as I've gone around and visited a lot of dental practices, what I've seen Uh, practices quite often have quite chaotic systems. They have systems where they require constant work and impetus and um, input by the dentist. You know, the dentist has to constantly say, oh, send it to the lab, fill in this shade, do this, do that. You know, these constant sort of decisions and effort that has to be made by the dentist. And as a result of that, I see the dentists often have trouble sort of then as they get tired during the day, they have trouble running the practice efficiently. So in the best practices I've seen, the dentist has to make very, very few decisions. Like they've set up the systems in the practice, so everything almost runs automatically. And and I'll give you an example of that. I had a a very um, precise way of selecting the bonding agent and the lining agent I was going to use on underfillings. And so my staff knew if I was doing a class two restoration in a molar, it was going to be this bonding agent and this lining agent. 
100% of the time. And I knew that too. So everything just flowed. But I've sometimes seen dentists sitting there and they've, they've prepped a cavity and then they say, oh, I think I'll use the G bond. Oh, no, 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 just a moment. I think I'll use the SE bond. Oh, no, and I might put some lining in this time. Yes, I think I'll put some lining in this time. You know, and all this goes on. And, and so they're all these little decisions that the dentist is having to make all day long. And so when it gets round, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and they need to decide how long the implant they're going to place is or what angle they're going to put it on. Their brain is all crapped out by that stage and they really struggle with that. So I think you've got to make your life as easy as possible by making as many decisions as possible automatic. And one of my good friends in America, he lives in Massachusetts, but um, he's a medical practitioner. And we've often talked about this thing about making the office run automatically. And the one thing he said was that he loves it when his office nobody needed to speak to each other because everybody knew exactly what they were meant to do, where they were meant to go, how they were meant to do it. And so they got their decisions so precise that, I mean, sure, he'd say, hello, how are you, nice day. But beyond that, he didn't have to tell them, oh, fill in the lab sheet, you know, organise the pickup, uh, pour up the money. He didn't have to say anything, like everything just ran. And it's a wonderful state if you can get to that. It's also um, just like you touched on there, like it's for our own psychological, you know, um, we can make better decisions later in the day, but also our staff want to know what's going on and they want to be efficient and good at their job. And they, it's very hard for them if every roadblock is a decision of the dentist. Um, it's definitely something I've seen to help, you know, my own practice. A lot of the people listening are younger dentists, often associates. Um, sometimes the key major systems cannot be changed by them, but there's a lot that they can do. Is there any advice you'd have for someone who's an associate in a practice with this um, point of view with decisions and systems? Well, I'd try. Um, it's interesting. I've been into practices where they constantly rotate the staff from one person to the next to the next. And I would try as much as I could to form a, a good relationship with a nurse that you work well with and then try as much as you possibly can to always work with that person. Because once you, you get this sort of understanding where she almost just after a while just reads your body language and knows what comes next and, and because... Um, so, so that'll be the first thing, form a good relationship with a nurse, always work with them. The second thing I'd say is to really think through your procedures and try and standardise things. Like when you're doing a class two in a, in a molar, you know, what, what are the steps and then try and do them the same every time. Don't sort of reinvent the wheel every time you do a procedure. Uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing to me, you know, that the people are having to use up thought power about something that really could be totally standardised. Mm -hmm. Something I found useful, and this, everyone's different, but I, like just burr kits, for instance, a lot of dentists I see just go and select the burrs every single time. I just can't really understand that. I just I have a burr kit and it's there. And it, I know what isn't there. So if I have to one in five cases need a specific burr, I can go and get that. But otherwise, it's there. And I, I think that's so important. But I often say when I'm training nurses um, and, and my nurse who I've had for a long time will pass me something before I've asked, which is all the time, um, 
they're mind reading, right? They're, they literally do know my body language and can beat me to the fact. And if I sometimes a good nurse um, in a good practice with good systems will have the thing that you didn't know you actually needed. And I think that's when it's the next level of, of excellent systems. Do you want to add orthodontics to your general practice? So many patients today are looking for aesthetic outcomes and and changes, things that we can do with things like aligners and fixed braces that can put the teeth where they need to be so we can be more minimal in what we do to those teeth. I know it's something I wanted to learn and personally, I've gone down the path with OrthoEd doing the mini masters. I'm also getting treatment myself. I'm in aligners right now. If you're ready to go all in with orthodontics, you can go and do the mini masters with OrthoEd and Dr. Jeff Hall, and at the end, you can get a postgraduate diploma. But if you're starting off with smaller steps, they even have some online education, including aligners and aligner courses that are standalone. In the COVID environment we're currently in, these courses have remained live and we can then go and do them in person later on. I really appreciate the way they've managed that and I'm still getting tons of value. OrthoEd gives you an understanding from the foundational level. You understand aligners as well as fixed braces, the mechanics and all the things in between. If you're about to start your orthodontic journey, check out dentalheadstart.com slash orthoed to get 10% off their entire range. You might even run into me at one of the courses. Obviously, uh, with associates, we, you know, systems are something, like I said, it's hard for us to actually change them. Um, Is there any advice for an associate who wants to change a major practice system and how they might approach the principle perhaps in a way that is um, most effective? Yeah, well, the thing is the the principle does get tired too. So it's best to (laughs) approach the principle not in the middle of the workday when they're busy and running around (laughs) doing (laughs) six other things. But if you can uh, approach them, you know, sort of – organize a meeting first thing in the morning can we can we just meet for 15 minutes i've got some ideas i want to talk with you about and of course you've always got to put it in a term that terms that make sense to them and makes a benefit for them i think i could work better and be more efficient and get more work done during the day if i did it in this way uh, and i've talked with my nurse and she's on board with it would you mind if we changed and did did things in this way so um i mean as long as you present it in a way that you know it has benefits for them and when they're not sort of tired and shagged out, well, uh, I think you've got a pretty good chance, yeah. I, I think you raise a good point, which is general psychology is um, um, the way you phrase things is obviously the benefit to the person who you're talking to, not the benefit to yourself um, and having it easy and set up for to make that transition if it's going to work. Um, decisions uh, and avoiding the fatigue with decisions is, is part of efficiency and you run courses on efficiency, um, something uh, that a lot of us are interested in, in trying to help get through our, our work a bit quicker for the patient, for us, for the team. Do you have any other little, little tidbits on efficiency that you wanted to mention in this podcast? Well, there's one other thing that, um, that I see is that dentists all over Australia are constantly doing work that is easy, easily delegatable. Now, if you think about it, any dentist who's, you know, working at a reasonable pace with a reasonable volume of patients can generate, let's say, three to $400 an hour of fee revenue. So if a dentist can generate three to $400 per hour of fee revenue, why would they do a job that they could give to somebody else for $30 an hour? Why wouldn't they just delegate that job out and then 
get back and do three to $400 an hour. And yet all over Australia, I see dentists writing referral letters, filling in lab sheets, uh, pouring up models. Um, I, I even saw a, pra a practice recently where the dentist was doing their own books. So between patients, they'd nip into their office and they'd start you know, writing out checks or sending payments or whatever it was. So doing their own books. All these easily delegatable tasks. So that would be my other big tip would be to start looking at what you do, do during the day and see what can be delegated. And one of the big things that dentists don't realise, it's become standard around Australia that everybody seems to work with just one nurse. And a number of years ago, I went over to working with two nurses and it saved me at least 30% of my time. So that's in an eight-hour day, I was saving about two and a half hours. So that's two and a half hours of extra productive capacity. Now, my hourly rate was better than 400, but let's say it was 400. Well, that's an extra $1,000 a day of revenue just by having a second nurse. Yeah, the ROI is huge. If you if the cost of that nurse is say say it's an eight hour day, thirty dollars an hour is two hundred and forty dollars. Um, it's a no brainer. But you see that all the time. The most efficient dentists I've ever seen definitely work with two nurses. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. Do you feel that there's a crossover where you're actually efficient enough to utilize the second nurse? Or do you think, um, you know, it's almost universally effective? I think it's almost universally effective. The only thing with it is you need to have the number of patients coming through. Um, uh, the, the problem is if you're suddenly 30% faster, you'll find your appointment books emptying out. So, yes. so, so, then, <laughs> so then you've got another problem and that problem's marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So you need you need more patience. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a really really good point. Um, but they're they're fantastic pieces of advice. I think the decision making fatigue is something we all um go through, especially early on. And um, it's so much easier if you have a system that works smoothly with your practice and your and your staff and then delegating everything you can it just makes perfect sense a lot of this um i've been lucky enough to read and hear through you through your blog the relaxed dentist um, and your work you do uh, some online courses as well and some live pen <laughs> covid pending um with efficiency and case acceptance so dr mark Hassard, thank you so much for your time on the dental head start podcast good thank you david Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. 
So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.